1: Videos, the Ausbiz COB is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance.
0: Well, hello, hello. You're listening to the COB Podcast here at Ausbiz. I'm your host, David Scott, joined today by Annette Beecher. Of course, it is March 31st. It is the end of the quarter. And Annette, I reckon you went and jinxed the market because when we were on air, we were talking about making eighth day in a row of gains. We did. Final price crossing, auction we lost yeah down.
1: we did passed in as we were just saying off air so yes month end quarter end japanese year end that is just a trifecta of something going wrong at the close and in this case we we're up half a percent all day scuddy like the the resources were up like four percent plus at from the open and then no nah, that that Balance sheet was crying. Yeah.
0: Look, uh, <laughs> we've got to put it into context, though, of course. It's quarter end, so you get some funky price action Always. at the best of times, uh, which probably explains what happened with the big, uh, big sell-off into the close. But uh, i tell you something that didn't sell off into the close is those iron ore miners. Now, I promised at the start of the day that uh, there was going to be some pretty decent gains coming through. Probably even exceeded what I was looking for, although it too went and had a bit of a stumble towards uh, the mm. last, uh, last few trades. But remarkable strength again coming through in that space. Looking across the market map, BHP up a lazy 2.6%. Rio Tinto 2%. Fortescue uh, 4.6%. Champion Iron, when I last looked, was, uh, was up like 5% or something. Uh, it was green on screen yeah, across I'd, the I'd, board. I had a chat with uh, Attila Whidnell from uh, Navigate uh, Commodities. Unfortunately, uh, the, the video itself, uh, when he was talking about it, was a bit scratchy, but he's... Like so many other analysts out there, he's an expert in that space. And he's saying that all of this price strength we're seeing, is all built on hope. Yeah, uh, that it's, all the it's fundamentals like uh, just look really rotten. You know all what? The time normally,
1: yeah, hope, hope is right. There's always hope that China will do something. Because, you know, both manufacturing and services PMI convincingly slumped below 50. That is normally not a green light to buy iron ore and therefore the majors. So it seems like. Uh, Hope triumphed over the data today when it came to the resources.
0: Yeah, well, we stumbled into the close, but uh, alas, uh, when it comes to the actual performance on March, well, that was up uh, a lazy 6.4% for the benchmark index of the XJO. And uh, look... We're still we're 1.75% off record highs. Accumulation index, we went and hit fresh mm-hmm. record highs yesterday as well. So not all is lost. Certainly uh, some pretty decent gains over the month and a smidgen higher for the quarter. I had a good chat uh, with Fraser McLeod from Sean Partners ago and end off the day. And uh, like many of our analysts, he's a little bit cautious about uh, what's going on given the prospects of rapid rate hikes uh, and tightening the financial conditions. So be selective out there. Uh, but he did dominate a few future facing commodities. Yeah, that well could, it, out, could be good. It,
1: it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because uh, we are supercharged because of this war in Ukraine. We had so many investors that were already in the commodities trade given that it's cyclical and good in a high inflationary environment, but we've just been turbocharged uh, on, on the back of the conflict. What's the latest with oil? Up, down, left, right? We headed, what, what? Where's that going? I mean, that, what can you do there?
0: Yeah, so it was up overnight, of course, uh, the headlines relating to uh, negotiations between Ukraine and Russia, a little bit uh, less positive than what we've seen in previous sessions. And then lo and behold, uh, there was another headline that came out uh, suggesting that the uh, the Biden administration, the states, might go and release a super amount of uh of our uh, strategic petroleum reserves onto mm-hmm. the market to go and lower prices. Uh, they had a bit of a short-term impact, but by the end of the day, the energy sector was a bit mixed here yeah. locally. So, yeah, whether it's actually sustained is another question. Certainly a short-term move. Reid Kepler from... Uh, from uh, oh, sorry, I uh, answer from Kepler uh, was on the uh, program. Yeah. He stadium. said it's
1: us- it usually is a, a quick... A quick sort of market reaction but a few times now we've seen the release of strategic reserves to try and get that price down but it tends to be a 24-hour phenomenon uh at most and the other market i noticed today is financials we've been watching financials on an absolute tear in recent days but i think people cooled their jets and uh, blew the froth off today
0: yeah not a lot of people even though what we're seeing the price action is very different not a lot of uh no professionals uh investors a liking Commonwealth Bank at the moment. I'll give that as a little bit of a hint at the moment. Mm -hmm. Uh, Look, we're talking stocks, so let's get to, do you feel, do you have a flutter every now and then uh, when it comes to uh, the lotto or anything like that, Annette?
1: Ah, yes, I know where you're going there. Well, like anyone else, I think that recent $120 million prize, I'm sure that collected multiples of the payout prize. But yeah, it's, it's one of those things where I don't, you know, people like my parents' generation do it every week for years on end. Honestly, if they just put it in the bank, they'd be better off.
0: Yeah, I reckon if I, if I won that, I probably would go and buy maybe the penthouse up at uh, the Crown <laughs> here at Barangaroo. Have a pretty decent view, Yeah, just uh, live there for the rest of my life. Uh, alas, I didn't go and uh, have to go be in it to win it. And of course, I didn't even get involved. So my bad. Look, let's go talk TapCorp. Of course, it hasn't uh, confirmed that lotteries and cano business will be spun out on May 24th this year. So we went and uh, sat down today with two experts in the trade. Koshi spoke to Chris Conway from Marcus Today and Gary Glover from Novus Capital to get their views as to whether it's worth a punt. An existing shareholder cost I think you would hold and if you were looking to get into it then I would probably buy it now. It was announced uh, in the middle of last year that this demerger was going to take place so now it's confirmed uh, and the basic premise is that the sum of the parts is greater than the current whole so they'll separate out the two and the marketing spin which I actually agree with is it allows both businesses to have a more focused strategy. I think this news comes at a good time. Extraction of value, obviously, um, price pushing through the top here. So yeah, I think it looks pretty positive that probably the interesting thing for me is actually is uh, what what does this mean for Jumbo? Is this a negative for Jumbo in that obviously more competition or potentially does, is Jumbo a target now? Um, is this, is, you know, we would tab, tab have the new TLC, does TLC look at, you know, rolling Jumbo in there. So yeah, it's interesting, so it opens up a lot of questions there for the whole sector. Yeah. Right? There we have it, uh, Gary Glover and uh, Chris Conway giving their views. Uh, Look, it's going to be put up for consideration for the portfolio. In next month's review, of course, uh, the Investment Committee meets on the final Wednesday of each month. So I can go and confirm to you that that footage, the, uh, the video will be available on Tuesday to see what changes were made to the portfolio, so make sure you keep a close eye on that one. Look, uh, as always, Annette, we had some pretty good chats with our uh, experts today on the program. One of those was Zacharias of Banyan Tree, uh, three stocks to not get cornered with. Oh, it's like a bull okay. trap or a bear trap yeah, or something I like that. Like it sounds it. like I like it. So uh, yeah, I'm interested to go and see what that. I didn't do the interview, but uh, it sounds like it's a pretty interesting topic. Uh, also, uh, Marcus Bogdan, I have a lot of time for Marcus. A uh, pretty, uh, pretty good uh, deep thinker mm-hmm. when it comes to uh, investment strategy. And uh, he's got some uh, areas that are safeguard your portfolio uh, during these pretty troubled times at the moment.
1: Very troubled times, yes.
0: Uh, look, we can't go and escape, of course, what's going on with inflation. So IFM Investors, uh, Ricky Bannon uh, sat down at the small caps, I believe, and uh, a shopping list for the economic backdrop at the moment in the small cap space. So we've got you covered in every angle uh, here Sure do. Big, Ausbeer's. small,
1: everything in between. But yeah, it does feel like a bit of a flat end, although we have, as, as we've just been saying, we've had a good run, we're near the end. Let me just pop in quickly. We actually had a cracking panel on the big picture today, we didn't really look at the Data, but just to highlight February building approvals, apartments up 78%. So it's like, oh, that always happens, but Even private house approvals up 16% as well. We discussed earlier this week that construction companies are rolling over uh, and insolvent. So you can approve all these buildings you like. Who's going to be around to build them?
0: Yeah, and uh, it's really interesting what's going on with those building approvals. I spoke to a couple of people who work in the local councils who are, of course, going to approve them. Um, They reckon a lot of it was because of... COVID disruptions and so literally the people who approved the, uh, the dwellings just <laughs> weren't around in, uh, in January so uh, gotcha. uh, that, uh, that might explain why it was so, so crazy. Yeah, cup, why, yeah, why the figures have just been chaotic the last couple of months. One thing that I know, Pete Walsh from buyersbuyers.com.au he is very smart and he's very, very attuned with what's going on in the property market. He made the point that uh, a lot of the strength that we saw this month was, uh, was high-rise uh, apartment yep, approval. So right. nine storeys or more. So a couple of those big towers going up, obviously, in the capital cities, helping to reduce those numbers in the short term. Uh, look, should we briefly go and discuss uh, my view today, the opinion piece in the newsletter? Uh, how many chats do we have with people at the moment? Just... Basically, it's got the assumption that uh, no, migration, immigration is going to come roaring back to Australia, and yep. uh, it's going to go and sort all of our ills at the moment. Uh, yeah, I'm not uh, not too convinced at this point.
1: Yeah, we, we had this discussion yesterday with Simon Kustimaka, the founder of the Demographics Group. We had this exact conversation, and, and yeah, Scotty and I have been talking ever since, And there's no point for the government to say, oh, we have a cap of you know 300,000, they can say whatever they want, but the whole world is looking for skills and it's not just skills we need now. We keep talking about cyber security, the digital space, AI, like everyone is trying to move at the same time in the same direction. So uh, yeah, I, I share your view today Scuddy. that, you know, the door might be opened but we're not sure who's going to come walking in.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a bitty war for talent, let's be honest and I uh, know the best and brightest will go to the place where it gets the other uh, best, uh, best offer on the table and uh, whether Australia does that, we have a lot lot of great things here, but uh, if you don't have a lot of income, you don't have a lot of assets behind you, I tell you what, it's going to be pretty hard to go yep. and settle here uh, given some the of the expenses. It's cost of living. Yeah, Ooh. it is uh, definitely.
1: Yeah, a $450 check isn't going to cover moving halfway around the world to live in Sydney or Melbourne.
0: Might get you in a couple of uh, train rides or something like that. <laughs> uh, what are we focusing on uh, tonight? Of course, we get uh, some of the uh, the, the pre-payrolls uh, reports yeah, out.
1: Just usual initial claims. It's pretty quiet actually. Yeah, for, I think John Williams
0: is, uh, is having a chat. You Probably be talking, barking up the next street, talking about 50-50 <laughs> basis point hikes here, there, and everywhere.
1: What I will, I, I'm not plugging anybody but normally I wouldn't spend much time listening to the opposition leader's budget reply speech but uh, two things in Parliament tonight, 5.30 tonight we've got Zelensky, the Ukraine Prime Minister, dialing into Parliament at 5.30pm and 7.30pm tonight we have Anthony Albanese's budget reply speech. The polls say he's our future Prime Minister so it might be worth uh, flicking around the channels to check on that.
0: Yeah, I find it really interesting that we we speak to the opposition leader for the budget reply page but not the opposition treasurer. Yeah, I'd love to see what Jim Tramas has got up his sleeve. He's because he's he's a, a very know uh, respectable economist and everything he, else.
1: Exactly. He's he's obviously been on the wires before and after the budget dropped. But yes, it always it's a tradition that the the leader actually gives the budget reply speech. So anyway, that's at seven thirty tonight. Being the tragic that I am, I'll be uh, dipping in and having a listen.
0: I dare say I'll be probably gearing up for a Friday <laughs> or for a Thursday night football. How oh, the Swannies are playing tonight? Go you Swannies! Oh, geez. oh beat those Bulldogs. <laughs> uh, Look, uh, until then, uh, it's going to be a pretty busy day tomorrow. The start of a new quarter, payrolls as well on uh, tomorrow night. So let's go and leave it there, and uh, we'll go and regroup tomorrow morning.
1: All right, 8.30, be here.